Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. All right, how many are you ready for the Word? Excited to be here. Come on, why don't you stand to your feet? I heard a story recently about a man in the 1800s. He became one of the wealthiest men in the world. He literally uh, became a billionaire in the 1800s at the age of about 53. At 53 years old, he then became grossly ill. He'd focused so much of his life on acquiring so many things. And the doctors actually said to him that he would not last the year. All of his hair fell out. He literally looked like a pale, former, addicted man in, in many ways. And then interesting enough, he had a dream. And in the dream, it literally was a lesson. You can't take that money with you. As a 53-year-old, he gathered his accountants and business people around him and said, I'm going to start giving money away. And that guy's name was actually John D. Rockefeller. At 53 years of age, he was going to die. He literally gave uh, lived to 97. Because once he started giving, it was like he started worrying about his money. The John D. Rockefeller Foundation actually gave away, I believe, $14 billion over the last 100 years. Do you know the Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 19? It says here, gives to the poor. It says, lends to the Lord. And He, don't miss that. He, He will reward you for what you have done. I get the great honour of actually giving someone something that I felt like the Lord just prompted me on quickly. We gave about $30,000 away with giving Christmas away. And I met with a, a lovely lady recently whose daughter's come to our church. Her name is Victoria Suleimani. And she is actually the ambassador of Sierra Leone. I got to spend some time with her and hear about her ministry. She is a, an evangelist to um, Sierra Leone. And she has built in the Makobi community, a small village there is a part of southern part of Sierra Leone and she has established a ministry called Feed My Sheep Ministries International and they have a temporary structure that is serving a church of about 100 people. Uh, they needed to raise about $8,000 to build the structure that only raised about $2,500. And I want us to welcome up on the stage, Miss Victoria Suleimani. Come on up, honey, sweetheart. Can we, can we lead her up? Let's give her a church alive welcome. Don't you love her outfit? Like that. That's an outfit. Sierra Leone, I don't know if you know this, a friend of mine from Washington, D.C. is a pastor and he felt like God speak to him in the 1980s and 1990s to go to Sierra Leone and he helped start churches and do Bible studies there. In 1980s, 1990s, Sierra Leone was the most dangerous nation in the world. The average age of people was 30 to 32 years old. There was no place on earth like it. And so for us to come alongside and just be a blessing to you and to your community, um, 
feels like just what an absolute privilege. And so it's our privilege. Uh, Danny, come in. I just want us to give you $5,500 to finish the rest. You can hold that, sweetheart. And uh, God bless you, honey. We appreciate you. Hey, can we pray for you? Father, I just thank you. I thank you for this great woman. I thank you for her children that come to this church, her, her lovely daughters. I pray for them today. I pray for her today. I pray for her husband today. I pray for this nation today. That you would bless her. That you would strengthen her. You'd raise warriors. Strong men of faith. Strong women of faith. Out of the absolute darkest places, I pray that you would shed the most light. I pray the healing love of Jesus would flow in that nation in a new way across the continent of Africa. In Jesus' name, I ask you. Amen. Come on, one more time. Give her a hand. God bless you, sweetheart. Doing good? Come on, let's pray together. Father, thank You for every man, every woman. And I thank You in Your awesome Name that we get to be a part of Your story, which is the saving of humanity. I ask You for every man, every woman with the sound of my voice, every family that is represented, every generation that is represented, every child and teenager, 20s, 30s, all the way up. God, I pray for them today that Your grace and Your mercy would pour out. I pray, Lord God, that there would be some shifts in this place, that they would put it down to this service. I pray, Holy Spirit, that we wouldn't just have church service and religious ritual or dogma. I pray, Lord God, that You would shed Your light on this last service of this Christmas weekend. And I pray for families that they would be so blessed this week. And Lord, there would literally be the joy of heaven in their heart and in their life. Impart vision, I pray today. Impart strength, I pray today. Lord, bless people today. Lord, exceedingly and abundantly more than all we ask or imagine. In the Name of Jesus. Come on, everyone said. Come on, one more time. Let's give the Lord a hand. Praise God. All right, grab your seat and tell the person next to you, you're good looking and people like you. Christmas evokes uh, so many emotions, doesn't it? Doesn't a Christmas have so many emotions attached to it? Sometimes even just smells and songs and um, the, the beautiful song, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas everywhere you go. Take a look at the five and 10. It's glistening once again with candy canes and silver lands the glow. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Toys in every store, but the prettiest sight to see is the holly that will be on your own front door. I sung that in the last previous service and someone came up to me and was like, save it. <laughs> Thank you. The song is really about the feeling of Christmas. The feeling of Christmas. There's a very New York feeling of 
Christmas. I wonder what your feeling is about Christmas. I was thinking for some reason as I was getting ready for this talk, I was thinking about what was the first Christmas present I ever remember personally receiving. I'm telling you right now, I was five or six years old. It was a sword and it was a shield. Yeah. Christmas isn't about trees and tinsel and naughty and nice. Christmas is about swords and shields. By the end of today, you're going to think that Christmas was more about swords and shields and presents than it is about tinsel and trees. I was five and years old and my mother and father had surprised me and they had hidden the gifts and as a naughty little boy, I had gone into their room and I climbed up, climbed up on the closet and there was my sword and there was my shield. And I was like, yeah. And then mum found out and she was mad. <laughs> Sorry, mum, if you're watching. <laughs> I wonder what Joseph and Mary's feelings were of Christmas night. Have you ever noticed that sometimes the Christmas carols lie to you? Have you ever been sing along with a Christmas carol and think, that's not true. <laughs> I thought that recently. Listen to Silent Night, Holy Night, all is calm and all is bright. Round yon virgin, mother and child, holy infant so tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace, sleep in heavenly peace. All is calm. That's a lie. If Mary, the mother of Jesus, was here today, she could tell us the story of a 10-day walking journey. How many of you in here have walked for 10 days straight? Anyone? 10 hours straight? The mall doesn't count, ladies. <laughs> Disney does not count. 10-day <sighs> walk. And she's about to give birth and the inns are full and her water breaks and they have to find a makeshift place. And so they end up, she gives birth in a, what we would consider a barn. Literally places Jesus in a manger. We've, we've kind of glamorised the manger. Let me show you a picture of the things we think about when we, we think manger. We think, oh, nice straw, it's okay. Like wooden box kind of thing. Let me show you a manger 2,000 years ago. That's what a manger looked like. It was literally what cows and horses eat out of. That's what they pay, placed baby Jesus in a manger. Why is that so important? Because the King of all kings literally came as the poorest of the poor. The King of all kings literally bankrupted heaven so that the worst and the poorest and the most far from God could actually be reconciled to God. I don't think it was a silent night, a holy night. I don't think it was a calm night. Let's look at the text, Matthew chapter 2, verse 13. They have given birth to Jesus and the wise men have come and worshipped and the shepherds have come and worshipped. And verse 13 says, When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up. Someone say, get up. Take the child and his mother, escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Verse 14, so he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and he left for Egypt. 
where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet out of Egypt, I called my son. Mary would argue with you today, perhaps Christmas was more about swords than it was about tinsel and trees and naughty and nice. They literally escape to Egypt, the money that the wise men bring, the gold, the frankincense, the myrrh, the gifts that they bring literally funded their journey to Egypt. Isn't that good? God knows when you're about to go through a problem and He's getting you ready if you listen. Are you with me? The Bible goes on to tell us in Luke chapter 2, verse 25, at that time there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. Someone, rest, someone say rescue. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day the Spirit led him to the temple. How many know the Holy Spirit is going to lead you to church? He's going to lead him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there and he took the child in his arms and praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation. Everyone say salvation. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations and He is the glory of your people, Israel. And Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about Him. You know that many times uh, you hear a story, if you've heard the story a couple of times, it leaves or it loses its shock power. Have you noticed that? Loses its, you've heard the story, you've watched the movie, um, you were there, you kind of like, and so I think what happens over the years, we, you lose the, the shock power and the value of what was really being said about Jesus. Let me give you a comparison between what was said about Jesus and what was said about you. What was said about your baby, maybe, your, your cousin's baby. Let me, let me show a picture on the screen real quick and you'll kind of, isn't that cute? Isn't she beautiful? Lovely little blue eyes and button nose and she's doing a little fishy. Doing the fishy and, and so forth. And uh, it's funny what we say about babies. What do we say? We're cute and chubby cheeks and chubby arms and chubby little legs. And, and, and there's something about their cuteness, their softness. Isn't it amazing that babies smell beautiful? You ever smell a baby? I, except when you smell a baby. But when you smell a baby... They've got this beautiful smell about their skin. And, and sometimes you want to do something weird, like you want to bite them. <laughs> Isn't it strange that you want to bite a baby? Are you a vampire? I, I won't throw anyone under the bus. But my wife... My nephew, Peter, who's today, I think, 16 years old, when he was just weeks old, Miriam goes over and is holding him and looking at his, he had these big brown eyes and beautiful smile and, and, and my wife bit him. And then her sister literally looked at my wife and said, did you just bite him? She was like, yeah. Like cute and fluffy and, and, and oh my goodness, look at, his eyes and look at his hands and feet. And, and I remember as an 18 year old, I, I, I saw a probably one week old baby and we went over this person's house. I was with my mother and, and, and we went to see the baby and we're like, oh my gosh, look how cute it is and look how lovely it is. And then we left the house and as I was walking out, I was like, what's wrong with that baby? 
And my mother was like, well, sometimes some babies take a while to get cuter, depending on how rough the delivery is. This baby was like, E.T., phone home. Again, I'm just trying to show you what someone said about you and what someone said about Jesus is night and day different. It's not just one in a million different. It's billions different. No one says what they said about Jesus. Listen to what Elizabeth said about Jesus as Jesus is in the womb. Blessed are you among women. Who am I that the mother of my Lord should visit me? No one says that. That's weird. He's a baby. You haven't seen him yet. Yet she prophetically knew. She knew by the power of the Holy Spirit that this baby was not an ordinary baby. It was literally the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. It was the Messiah Himself who was the one that God had prophesied that it would come. Simeon says about him, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. Again, he's talking about a tiny little baby and he's prophesying that this baby would affect nations. That's just bizarre. This is in Bethlehem, a tiny little town in the Middle East. There is no car, there are no aeroplanes, there's no internet, there's none of these things that we take for complete granted. We can reach the world in, in, in seconds. I can call my family in Australia. We can FaceTime, it's not a problem. But thousands of years ago, if you're rich, you had a horse. And they said, this baby will affect nations. And you and I are here today and it is still affecting nations. If you are really, really good or really, really bad, maybe someone will know your name in a hundred years. Maybe. But most of you, no one will know our name 200 years from now and 500 years from now, a thousand years from now. You either have to be exceptionally good or exceptionally bad and they don't wait until Jesus has lived. They literally say it when He's a baby. I don't know if you capture that or not, but that is divine. There's no other way to describe it. Cute, soft, chubby, big head, little head, whatever. Gentiles, nations, revelation, glory. It's strange. Feel the depth of this. Feel the weight of this. Listen to how Simeon speaks about not just Jesus, but Mary. Luke chapter 2, verse 34. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against. If someone came to your baby shower and they said that this baby will be a baby that people are gonna speak against, how many know you kick that baby You kick that person out of your baby shower, you'd unfriend them and they're never coming over again. If you ever bring up your baby for baby dedication and I say in front of all of your friends in this church, this this baby will be a baby that people speak against. How many know that I'm probably having a bad day? (laughs) I promise he's normally not like that. Must have had a bad day. And then it says this, verse 35, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. Haven't you noticed that when you speak about Jesus, it, it, it seems to expose what's in your heart? Haven't you noticed when you're hearing the Word of God, haven't you noticed that sometimes it challenges your heart? 
Haven't you noticed that sometimes you receive it, but sometimes you actually push it away? You say, no, 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 Jesus. And it's like your heart gets hard or soft. And that's what they were saying about Jesus, not when He was teacher Jesus, but when He was baby Jesus. And then He says this, and a sword will pierce your own soul. Like if you're a mother, that's not what you want someone to say. Have you noticed that? Like, oh, isn't that pretty? Oh yeah, this kid, he's going to break your heart. (laughs) Have you ever read a book called How to Win Friends and Influence People, (laughs) Simeon? I would suggest reading it and therefore applying it to your life. What was he saying? He was saying a sword will pierce your own soul. The 33 years from now, you will literally not just see your son die in front of you. You'll see him whipped and beaten and nailed to a cross. And even though it turns around good with the resurrection, how many know that would have broken a woman's heart? A sword will pierce your own heart. Christmas is about swords and Christmas is about shields. This is a pretty cool looking shield. Fernando, what do you think? I think we can bring this to transform. Just do some games with it or something. Maybe a winner MVP gets this prize. If you're a winner transform MVP, maybe a shield. Just saying, better be a part of the next one. The shield of faith. Someone say faith. Faith is a shield. He, Ephesians chapter 6, Paul was speaking about the shield of faith. And he says, taking up the shield of faith. How many know that the shield of faith protects you? When you have your faith in Christ, it is a protection of your life. David said in Proverbs 18 verse 10, he says, the name of the Lord, he says, it is a strong tower. That means it's a protection. It's a strong tower. The righteous run to it and they are safe. Watch what King David said about faith in Psalm 27, verse 1. He says, The Lord is my light. Someone say light. light. And the Lord is my salvation. Someone say salvation. salvation. So why should I be afraid? Isn't that a good question to ask? What are you afraid of? What you afraid of? You're like, I'm not afraid, I'm tough. I've found that tough people are afraid too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm afraid. What are you afraid of? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Isn't that good? Yeah. The Lord is the strength. The Lord is the fortress. The Lord is protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? Christmas is about swords and shields. Christmas is also about presents. How many like some presents? How many like presents? How many are looking forward to presents? My wife's a really good present buyer. I'm looking forward to Christmas. I'm excited about it. I'm ready for it. If she wants to give it to me today, I'm good with that. Fine. (laughs) What do you think Jesus really wants to give you? What do you think Jesus really wants to give you? You know, He told us what He wants to give us. 
At the start of his ministry, he literally opens Isaiah chapter 61 and he takes out the scroll and he begins to read it. Isaiah 61 verse 1. And he reads it, and this is found in Luke chapter 4. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. It says, Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news. Someone say, Good news. Good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released. Someone say, Freedom. That the blind will see. Someone say, Vision. That the oppressed will be set free. And then it says that the times of favour might come from the Lord. I think there's four things in this text that you and I can unpack that God wants to give you. The first thing God definitely wants to give you is He wants to give you good news. And He's talking about the good news of forgiveness. God so loved you that He didn't send an angel. God so loved you that He didn't send someone that He kicked out of heaven. God so loved you that He actually sent His Son that whosoever would believe, someone say believe, believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. Do you know that my challenge sometimes when I think of people and faith and people and religion and so forth, like a lot of people say this, you can choose whatever religion you want. Do you really? Do you really believe that? Here's my challenge on that. When you're asking for forgiveness, you're asking for eternal life. And here's the thing, if you're asking someone for eternal life, you better make sure the one you're asking holds eternal life. His name is the everlasting Father. He is the Father to the fatherless, but He is an everlasting Father. Therefore, He is everlasting. The Bible says He is from Alpha and Omega. He is literally the beginning and He is the end. So if you're asking someone for eternal life, they better hold eternal life. And I believe the only one who holds eternal life is God Himself. The Bible says in John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God, speaking of Jesus and the Word was God. Why can Jesus say, I will give you eternal life? He's God. Jesus is not just some teacher. Jesus is God. Jesus is God in the flesh. And He offers every single one of us everlasting life. Forgiveness, the first gift that Jesus wants to give every single one of you is forgiveness. Someone say forgiveness. The second thing Jesus wants to give you is freedom. Someone say freedom. We we live in America, land of the what? Land of the what? Land of the free and home of the brave, they say. But the Bible says this in John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. It says, if you hold to my teachings, it says, you are really my disciples and then you'll know the truth and then the truth shall do what? Now, here's the requirement. The requirement is hold. To hold is to believe, isn't it? The essence of forgiveness is believing. The essence of freedom is believing. The essence of Vision is believing. When you lose vision for your life, it's often because you first lost lost believing. In Genesis chapter 1, God says very clearly, I make you in my image. Therefore, God wants you to reflect Him. How many believe that you can reflect God? You can reflect God through Christ. You cannot reflect God in yourself, but you can reflect Him in Christ. 
It is in Christ that I find my vision. And finally today, God wants to pour out. Say it with me. Say it with me. You ever, you ever heard someone say, favour ain't fair? They said it with attitude too. Favour ain't fair. When the angel showed up to Mary, they literally said, you who are highly, you who are highly, it changed her plans. It wasn't convenient, but she had favour. Her life changed, but she had favour. The Bible tells us that she would be blessed among women. She's never to be prayed to. She's never to be worshipped, but she is to be looked at and honoured. Favour. How many know that you get favour from believing? That Abraham found favour by believing that all the blessings of God are actually found in believing. The struggle of faith isn't the struggle to attend church. The struggle of faith isn't the struggle to read your Bible. The struggle of faith is believing. Because when you believe, you'll attend church. When you believe, you'll read your Bible. When you believe, you'll pray. When you believe, you'll give. When you believe, how many know that believing is the challenge? When Eve is tempted by the serpent, what does he tempt her in? Did God really say? What was He attacking her, believing? So therefore, Christmas is received when you believe. How would I get to eternal life? Believe. How do I get vision for my life? Believe. How do I get the favour of God? Believe. Believe. And believe and keep on believing. Can I encourage you in this season? Keep believing. If you've had a hard time in this last season, keep believing. If, if maybe life has not gone perfectly and all for you, keep believing. How many know that God can turn some things around? And even if you don't understand some things, God can give you perspective on it and He can put gold in the way you see your life. Keep believing. Oh, someone needs to hear that today. Keep believing. Keep believing. You might have doubts, you might have questions. Keep believing. Keep believing. Listen to this last scripture. Romans 5:17. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater. Someone say, even greater. But even greater. Someone say, even greater. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and His gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. What's the battle? Believe. Why do you need to feed your faith? Because you need to keep believing. Why do I need to keep feeding my faith? Because I need to keep believing. I don't have magic faith because I'm a pastor. I need to starve my doubts and feed my faith. Come on, are you with me? I want to encourage every Christian who's been a Christian more than five years. I want to encourage you to keep unwrapping the presence of Jesus. You've got to keep looking for presence. How many know that God has more forgiveness, more freedom? He has more favour for you. He has more vision for you. Come on, Ebeth. He has more. Come on, He has, he has, he has more. God doesn't have a one-time blessing for you. How many know in 2022, God's got some blessings for you? 
God still got some blessings for you left in this year. God still got some blessings left in this year. God still got some blessings left in this year. Man, I believe it. For vision, I'm believing. For favor, I'm believing. For restored marriages, I believe in 2022. There's going to be a pouring out of the Holy Spirit. Stay standing. Stay standing. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. Every time God shows up in the Scriptures, He says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. That means there's reason to be afraid if He's always got to say it. Haven't you noticed that? How many know there's sometimes reason to be afraid? But you are to resist fear and I am to resist fear. Being a Christian means I'm becoming more courageous. I might come weak, I might come fearful, I might come anxious, I might come addicted, but eventually I'm going to leave and I'm going to be stronger and I'm going to be better than I was if I keep believing. And there's so much nonsense and so much messaging around fear in our culture that I just wanna tell you, refuse fear in 2022. Refuse it, resist it, turn off that TV. Stop listening to people that tell you to be afraid, be afraid, oh, I'm so scared, I'm so scared. Stop it. Why? Because faith is the thing that attracts the hand of God. Therefore, the very one thing that the devil wants to get you in is fear. Fear coming to church, fear for the future. No! Gosh, I just feel in my soul. I just want the gift of faith to get on people. You do, that, that means you've got to stop, stop listening to every other voice and start feeding your faith. Start feeding your faith. How do you get free? Feed your faith. How do you walk in favour? Feed your faith. One of the greatest things you can ever do in your life is start feeding your faith. Start taking it seriously. Show up to church, take notes. Why are you feeding your faith? Go to Monday, feed your faith. Tuesday, feed your faith. Wednesday, feed your faith. Thursday, feed your faith. Friday, feed your faith. Saturday, feed it. Feed it. Sunday, feed your faith. Feed it, feed it, feed it. Why? Because some people are spewing out fear everywhere they go. Spewing out fear, spewing out fear, spewing out fear. Spewing out fear, feed your faith. You know, Jesus said, when the Son of Man comes, we find faith on the earth. Because faith will access love. Faith will, you, you can run out of love, but if you run out of faith, you're in big trouble. Because if you, listen, faith is the thing that accesses love. Faith is the thing that accesses wisdom. Faith is the thing that accesses the blessings of God. Faith is the thing that accesses favor. Therefore, feed your faith. You got now. This is the fifth service. It might be the best service. God saved the best one to last. I'm yelling at you. I wasn't yelling at everyone else. I'm yelling at you. <laughs> but maybe you need it the most. I don't know. Where sin abounds, grace does abound more. That means maybe you're extra sinners. I don't know. But guess what? God's got extra grace. God's got extra grace for you. Close your eyes all across this place. 
Oh, Holy Spirit, I thank You that You are here. I thank You that You are real. And I just lift up Your people to You right now. Every person watching online, every kid in our kids' space right now, every family represented. Lord, I pray that You would take this Word and Lord, stir faith. Help Your people, show Your people how to feed faith. Lord, by believing. Every blessing we receive is by believing. God, I pray that You'd impart vision into Your men and women by believing. I pray You'd show them how to walk in the favour of God by believing. I pray You'd set them free, set them free from fear, set them free from addictions that bind them, set them free from negative attitudes, set them free from sickness, Father, in Jesus' Name. By believing, I pray. By believing, I pray. Oh, let the touch of God flow in this place. Let the touch of God flow in this place. Lord, let rivers of living life just flow into people. Lord, flow into souls. Flow into people all all across this place. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Father. Thank You, Lord. Just as a sign of surrender, why don't you lift your hands? Just open your palms to heaven like this. Father, you see your people right now. Let a fresh oil touch them where they need it. Let a fresh touch of heaven touch them where they need it. Strengthen them where they need it. Give vision. Break fear. Impart life. Lord, help us walk in the favour of God, I pray. That we might be a blessing wherever we go. Oh, I thank you for it. Thank you for it. I thank you for it. I thank you for it. Thank you, Father. Say with me, I am victorious. When I believe, I overcome. When I believe, through believing, every blessing can flow to my world. Like Abraham. I believe, thank You for the gift of righteousness, for the gift of forgiveness. Thank You for leading me into more freedom. Thank You for imparting Your vision in my life. Help me walk in Your favour. Bless my family in Jesus' Name. While eyes are closed all across this place, Maybe you're here today and you've never received that first all-important step. The good news that Jesus came not to stay a baby, not to give us Christmas and tinsel and trees, but to literally give us forgiveness. It is the good news that Christ literally can wipe away every sin, past, present and future. The Bible says in Romans 5 verse 1, Now then, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. God wants to justify you if you're not justified. He wants to write your name in the Lamb's book of life. So all across this place, we're gonna pray a simple prayer. And maybe you're here today and you grow up Catholic, Christian, non-religious, don't really matter. It doesn't save you. What saves you is faith in the person of Jesus Christ. So right here, we're gonna pray a prayer and let that prayer change you. Let that prayer be from a sincere heart. So why don't we pray this simple prayer? Say, Jesus, I receive You 
the gift of Christmas into my heart. Change my life. Forgive my sin. Help me walk with You and know You and hear Your voice. Help me be a blessing wherever I go. Thank You, Jesus, for forgiving my sin, making me part of Your family. I believe in You. While eyes are closed all across this place, if you meant business with God in this place, would you quickly let me know by raising your hand all across this place. Raise your hand, raise it up high, high enough, long enough for me to see it. Hands going up, thank you, thank you, thank you. High enough and long enough for me to see it. Thank you in the middle there. Thank you in the back there. Thank you, man. Thank you, sir. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Put your hands down. Father, I thank you for your people. I thank you for the sense of the Spirit of God in this place. Bless your people now, I pray. And if you receive God's Word, would you give the Lord a huge hand in the house of God?